Hello friends and welcome. This is the Lego Milestone, a space where we'll unearth life-changing stories, where we'll ask different faces in the legal profession about their successes, how they dealt with failure, growth, and other experiences on this legal journey. We're hopeful that through these stories, we'll see how to make it possible for all those who wish to take on this path do so distinctively. I am Peter Ahawe and I hope you're excited as I am as we share these untold stories. Today I'm exceedingly delighted and humbled to host one of the exceptional lawyers in Uganda. Miss Fiona Navasa Wall is an advocate of the High Court of Uganda and the subordinate courts. She's currently the president of the Uganda Law Society. She also previously served as the Vice President of the Society. She is also the Senior Manager Legal Services at the National Water and Sewerage Corporation. She is a former lecturer at the Kampala International University. She is a governance expert who trains boards in governance under the Institute for Corporate Governance in Uganda. She is an ardent advocate for her ethical practice under her mantra, Faithful, Available and Teachable. On the 12th of September 2020, just when she had been voted into office, one of the striking things she promised was to be available to the fraternity. And today I would like to thank her for being available and accepting our invitation. President Fiona Wall, you're welcome. Thank you, Peter. I'm very glad to be here. Okay, so President Fiona Wall, today we'll be sharing about your journey and we've themed it as championing excellence in the legal profession. But let's start. Who is President Fiona Wall? Um, <laughs> President Fiona Wall is a lawyer, she's a mother, she's a wife. Um, she, is, she is a student of life, I would say, yeah. Okay. Quite humble enough, you say that after you've uh, had such a very vast experiences in a couple of things, very brief. Uh, way to introduce yourself. <laughs> it's really the most important part of me. I'm a Christian as well. That's very important. Um, amazing. One would say how, you know, as a Christian, how you've managed to walk your journey off. Is it, is it possible that one can actually be a lawyer and a Christian at, at the same time? Absolutely. Um, advocacy is the only profession practiced in heaven because it says that uh, Christ is at the seat, is at the Feet of the Father advocating for us, and uh, when you look at the story of God's relationship with man, uh, God is a just judge. You know, He He said, "If you eat this fruit, you will die." And, and, and man brought death unto himself. And then, after we had been judged and condemned, God still took our punishment. That's the sacrifice of Christ. I do not think that there is any bigger thing throughout the Bible than the rule of law. You see God consistently um, respecting even the rule. It says he puts his word above himself. So for me, this is really very synchronized with who we are as advocates. Proverbs 31 9 says, speak for those that cannot speak for themselves and, and, and you know, judge justly and, and King Lemuel in. Proverbs 31, one, his mom is telling him, do not drink alcohol and forget the cause of the 
before. So I feel that thematically throughout the Bible as a Christian, yes. we have this calling. Whether we are lawyers or any other profession, it's our calling to stand up for the vulnerable. And for me, this practice is so noble because that's all it's about. Amazing, amazing. So you would, you would say that most of your life you've been shaped by this Christian foundation? Absolutely. Um, my parents were very, are, are very religious and, and, and Christian, uh, but I think my greatest influence when I was about three years old was my grandmother. And, and she, she, she taught me so much and she put Christ in everything until I could see nothing else. <laughs> so, and then I had a very vivid imagination growing up. So, um, again, when I was about three, I watched that movie Saint Luke, from Luke, okay. the, the movie of Jesus. Yes. The state show on yes. our only TV station then on Easter. <laughs> yes. And it, it shaped me uh, because as a child, I took it literally to die for me, you know? Yes. And, and I think that when you start from there, when you start with a relationship, then it's no longer about rules, it's no longer about, it's about relationship. It's about how do I practice the presence of God in my life without having to be a pastor, without having to be, you know? Yes. The way I practice the presence of my husband is by wearing his ring, by calling myself his name. Yes. So if I call myself Christian, then I have to be christ -like to think what would Jesus do, literally. Yes. So I've, I must say for me that has been the greatest story in my life. Amazing, yeah. amazing. I, I think on another day we would want to hear much more detail yeah. of how this Christian foundation has shaped much of your worldview even as you practice as an advocate. But let's let's just go back a little bit. What motivated law school? I, what what Why law school? I never chose law school. <laughs> Being a, from, from when I was a child, everybody thought I should be a lawyer because I could never let go of an argument. But I was passionate about medicine. I, I wanted to be a doctor. My, my brother, when I was 10, uh, my little brother died due to medical negligence. Oh, so it made sorry. me very so angry. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. And also in the uh, 90s, HIV came and swept away so many people. So I wanted to be part of the cure, part of the part of discovering. So I started reading voraciously about medicine, about HIV, about viruses. I probably know more about viruses than I should. So um, <laughs> I know it's a really strange story. Yeah, that's a very strange so story. So when I was in uh, second school, and that's all I kept drowning myself into. Yes. Unfortunately, by S4, my parents and all the teachers were convinced I do know. And I didn't want that. Wow. So they literally forced me to put uh, HLD as my first choice. Okay. So when the results came, I passed quite well, even in the sciences. So I went to Navison and got myself a space for PCB. And... Uh, of course, my mom literally threatened me, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just, you know, put my tail between my legs and went back to Namagunga and did the course, and then went to, to law school. And and some things happened that uh, showed me that again. I told you I'm a Christian. So, yes. Um, I did hug at. That was such a strange combination. 
Well, why? Because of the art or? Yeah, because before that, nobody could allow anybody, any student of law that hadn't done literature, divinity. Yes. And when I got that post Hague art, I thought, okay, I was done for. But then in the university changed its policy and said any subject can get in. Yes. I felt that was good. The second okay. thing they did was um, I was registered male at Makere. Yes. And I did not get the 1.5 points. Oh, so I sorry. Still got law so government. sorry. So I still feel that God was just, you know, breaking the rules for me. Yes. Because for you to get law in government without the 1.5 means you'd have to be performed very highly. So um, I went to university. I was, I was registered as a male. So I was supposed to go to UH and be a gallant goat. But I was lucky that someone corrected that. Yes. And uh, my first day of law school, I remember Dr. Sylvia Tamale saying, if you're a Christian and you want to go pray on Sunday, this, this place is not for you. Yes. So I quit that day and I filled the forms for mass communication. Interesting. Then, yes. Just before I filled them, because I think you had to write parental consent or something to my mom and my uncle was there, a lawyer. And he said, I knew you wouldn't do that. Wow. So I tore up the papers and went back to law school. I've never regretted it since. Quite an interesting so time. I, I, I did my darndest not to do law. <laughs> quite, quite an interesting way. Yeah. And and you're here, I mean. I'm here. Wow, amazing. Quite a ton of events before you think you could, you know, be yeah. a doctor. And I now. think choosing a career is the toughest thing. But one, st- one thing I've learned from my story is whatever you get to do, do it diligently. Embrace it, grab it by the hand, and God will make it work for you. Okay. That's, that's, that's powerful. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. So you, from, you know, thinking you could be a doctor, one way journalism kicking in, and here you are being forced <laughs> into, uh, when you said you could pick up a mask on. Ah, yeah, yeah, I yeah. almost. Yes, I yeah. almost went the mask home. Yeah, almost, you know, walking into the mask home way and then, you know. So now here we are, you are at uh, law school. Yeah. So how was your experience? Uh, could you, you know, walk us through um, your undergrad? I, it. I think yeah. I sort of overdid it. At okay. The and, okay. Uh, I remember my first semester, I wanted to be the best lawyer there was. Okay. So I was in the cage for a terrible amount of hours every day. Ah, and, so you, uh, you would read so much. I'd read a lot. Ah, I'm yeah. talking about first ah. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I enjoyed everything about, about the law, about reading the cases. Yeah. And I did, I think nobody had really taken me throughout to read for a case. Mm-hmm. So you would be reading this case and then maybe the defense counsel raises an argument from another case then I'll first stop there and go read the other case and it's Paul and Eric <laughs> then come back. So I, I kind of overdid it okay. but it was very enjoyable and I took it for granted it meant I'll be really really good. Okay. Um, so my first time criminal law results was so disappointing and yet I thought I was really really good. Even my lecture, I thought I was really, really good. I remember Mr. Kasimbaze coming to the cage oh. to yell at me because he was very disappointed in me. Oh. I had not failed, but I had not done as well as I thought. Yes. And I was so broken. I remember just running out of that cage in tears. Okay. And, oh, sorry. Uh, 
and I felt that I had sort of betrayed my myself. Okay. Because my priority was God, family, then studies, and yet the whole of us, then everything was studies. So that day I went and joined a fellowship called Celebration Zoe, <laughs> which was a drama fellowship. Everything had to, you know, run yes. back to God. And yes. I got back into ministry. Leading, uh, I started leading. Uh, I started leading worship okay. in, in a church called Agape. Wow. And then I, I started. I, I said, let me, let me keep myself. I went to law school fellowship and got active there. I said, you know, let me go back to my old thing because you know, all my life I've never really been somebody who dies in the Oh, I'm so God would be faithful and I'd pass really so yeah. highly. Wow, interesting. So this time that I I, I thought I was all this top shot lawyer here, doing very badly. So it was a very humbling thing. Yes. I, I it forced me to find myself again and the things that really matter. Okay. How how did you find the four years? Um, you know, the four years usually seem to have a toll on a couple of lawyers. I think for me the four years Because yes, I kept doing my one or two hours every day in the cage. I stayed with that. I still ah, love consistency. I, I love reading about you know, the law. I love reading cases. Up to now, it's, it's fascinating. Amazing. I, yeah. I thought now that you're very you consumed with stop. with a couple of roles, you 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 know put away the books and the cases. You can't. You, you can't. You can never really stop because first of all, for your work, for you to stay relevant, okay. for you to yeah. But uh, so so that remained. But then I discovered so many other facets of my life. I love drama. I yeah. love meeting new people. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also explored relationships for the first time. Ah, so I that's have time for love <laughs> until comfort. Whoa, uh, that's, that's that's interesting. Yeah, and then I, I I learned so much about leadership because then I got involved. Were you okay as the outreach secretary? For the law fellowship, oh. I was the leader of the worship team in Agape. I was the leader of. I was a leader in celebrations. So I was writing and producing plays. Ah. Um, and we had about fifty people to writing lead. and celebrating. Yeah. You know, plays. Young, energetic, <laughs> opinionated people to lead. Amazing. So I got a, my fair share of hard knocks um, of, of lessons. Of Yes. Um, but the most amazing thing was also school, law school. Yeah. The relationships that I built there, both with my lecturers, my mentors. My, I remember my first big argument was with Professor Nambirechi. Wow, you yeah. had a you had an argument with I a professor. I had a hot argument. That's, that's, you know how no. you can't take on a professor or well, a doctor I, I didn't in, in. Feel that I was taking on a professor. Yeah, you know. I, I came to I hate injustice of any kind. So I came oh. to law school okay. and then I we did this. I remember this was actually first them. He walked in and he's like, this is a test uh, and hand it in by five tomorrow. And our class rep handed it in by midday. So some of us missed that, that missed handing in. Yes. So I went to the group of people and we went to his office and said, what, what, what do you want? And he said, you know, this is not yet five and we're handing in our papers. Because you said five, and said no, I said yes. So I kept arguing. What about 
30, 30 students that were there. Yes. He blasted everybody. He was very terrifying. So by the time we were done, we were about four. What? Just four of us left. And I insisted and argued with him over and over until he was like, he must be from Namagunga. I have a daughter that doesn't let me rest. She's from Namagunga. I said, yeah, I am, but you're going to take my paper. What, what was it supposed to mean that Namagunga, you know, know. <laughs> were, you know, were rebellious in, yeah, in a kind I of a way? Know. Maybe opinionated. Yeah. All I knew was yes. I was in the right. Okay. And I was going to lose my 10%. Interesting. Yes. And you had to stand your ground. Yes. And then... Uh, so our, our first rela- our first moment was a big fight, but it turned out to be one of my greatest mentors. Oh, amazing! Mentors, and then um, we I had various um, run-ins with various lecturers. Interesting. We don't want to hear what I told us. Like like Shokoro, you know, <laughs> Doctor yeah. Ben. Yes. Uh, he he was very funny and, and he could say something things in the class okay and i think my face always had this self-righteous look on it <laughs> and i used to sit right in front of him so he like oh, so you would sit right in front yeah. of class and i think i used to just like really uh, provoke him with my face whoa when you'd say things i don't know what he used to do what to was face, what was it that was about but his your reaction, face his reaction yeah. was always so i have scandalized you hmm? You just don't want the rest of us to know that you're already scandalized. So it, it, it was very funny. He always, yeah. you know, all you would say, who's a Bible fanatic here and the whole class of BL Fiona, you know? Yeah, because <laughs> I, I, I know in law school, they don't expect probably, uh, you know, a law student exactly. to affiliate, to have this affinity with the law, sorry, yeah. the Bible and... Yeah. And then I also thought that... Uh, I, I think that law school then... I don't know about now, yes. but it was very, it was very engaging. It was engaging. You could do, you could do research for lecturers at Uripec. Uh, you could go get involved. I remember Shokor got us involved in court. I did help under law, and we were so mad about this case of some woman who who had literally given birth in the worst of circumstances. Yes. So. Our lecturers were so passionate eh, that they just get us. I remember Dr. Loko Nyango talking about the three arms of government and the importance of checks and balances. I'm still quipping that stuff up to now, you know, <laughs> uh, because that's when I read Professor Kanyehamba's Law of Constitutionalism. You yes, know? yes. And I was so passionate about that book and it informed me. But what was confusing yes. is that almost every subject, apart from equity and trust, <laughs> and that's that's one of those subjects every, that people have issues yes, talking about. Almost yes. every subject was so compelling because of the passion of the people that taught us. So of those that so you many, would think this is where I'm going to end. Wow. Then the next semester I find something else and you're like, maybe it's this one. Interesting so, because you're in the very hands of very very diligent and you know we had, smart, we had brilliant some of the people. Best teachers, at least that's yes. what I'm very proud of. Well, I, I feel sorry for the students of these days because you might have the same teachers or you might not, but also because of the numbers, okay. you, you don't get to engage. You know, yes. you could engage with a lecturer back and forth wow. and they remember your name. Yes. Sometimes that wasn't a good thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why? For you or because for with the fellow students? Uh, no, because, you know, sometimes you don't want to be... The um, one who argues and, and the one who is in the yeah. You know, so we had some, you know, some notorious students. We had some 
loud students then we had some absentee students then we had some really really funny students you yes. know who would always challenge the status for insistent speaking in their accents <laughs> and you know we had a couple of students who would drink ajono in the evening you know so wow, it, that was, it, that it was it was a cultural mesh and it was beautiful were there things that you had you were exposed to that previously you 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 didn't um you had not seen or i think to do with um a contrast of cultures yeah. um and you know there was an absolute contrast of cultures i remember yeah. in criminal law having to defend witchcraft you know that famous case of witchcraft for me that was really really alien yeah, you know yeah uh, but then there was also the fact that uh, When I went to Mary Stewart I was in a room with five girls in secondary school I was in a room alone oh. in a sick so Whoa. this was a culture shock and yeah. then the first night I was in Mary Stewart men showed up they looked like men because they had beards <laughs> <laughs> in a room to bench you know yes. that me so much I remember crawling into bed with my shoes and covering my head because I was like what It was it was a whole new it experience. Was a whole new experience. And, and and how did you deal with that and cope up with that and and getting oh, to know that um, this is a new environment. It's a university. I have to The first time I I got to stay out late or stayed in the library beyond 7. Mm. I was so excited because at home I've never been out of the gate beyond 5, you know. Oh, so Unless I'm with my parents. So, so your form a whole it was a whole new thing. I remember the first Christmas. Yes. I, I made my colleagues, I made my friends walk. We walked the whole town looking at street lights <laughs> and Christmas lights because this was a whole new thing for me. This was me dealing with freedom. Wow! Yeah. So that is how you decided to exercise your freedom of of this is about yeah. university. Let me just walk out and and, yeah. and 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 so you had already made friends and then you decided to you know take on this journey. Yeah, they see. really hated me for it, but I made them walk all night oh. and. Uh, It it was fun. It was fun to walk out at midnight and go to Tipsy and get takeaway. Wow. Uh, how how far was Tipsy? To from? be locked in the library. I was locked in the library quite a few times. <laughs> <laughs> so that means you could read a lot and uh, that's no, why they had to. Sometimes maybe I told you I used to get lost in the story. Okay. So it drowned your, you know, yeah. your time there and And sometimes you'd be running away from the bench. <laughs> That's a quite honest. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes there's somebody some particular person who likes to give you at a particular time and you're like, "Let me go to the library." So you were running away from yes. this particular person. Sometimes. Oh, okay. But also I think that uh, it was the struggle of regulating your life when you've suddenly been given this freedom yes in a very structured process yes i think it's a struggle for any student amazing and uh, what what saved some of us was to try and create structures they are in the library so you keep that you know you keep that structure the security in that structure Interesting. Uh, so throughout your four years, did you have like any sort of particular subject that was your favorite? Do you recall one of those subjects that when you I love back... criminal law. I loved yeah. criminal law and I think throughout I thought I would be that, prosecutor. Yes, a prosecutor. No, not a prosecutor. I wanted Or... to be a defense lawyer. I thought you wanted to, you know, no, probably that is why be I, uh, while, while I was still at school, I took a volunteering at the Nigerian Clinic. 
Uh, oh, we'll get to that. Oh, yeah. okay. And while I was in law school. While you were at law yeah. school, you're. That's very visionary. How many of us think of that? Something like that when we're still. I, it's every holiday. And how did you manage to do that? Because I'm, I'm thinking that at law school you already have enough on your table. No, you don't have need to do it in the holidays. Oh, you don't. There's no holidays for Friday. Ah, okay. Yes, I do it in how long were the holidays? Well, I think the Christmas holiday was the shortest because that would be still past them. Yes. I think you finish past them in January, but the others were like two. Oh, interesting. So I'd, I'd, I'd use that time to go to the migrate and, 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 and defend family law. I liked family law. Then I also, when I met large transactions, I was really happy. But uh, health and the law in Portia really grabbed me. Oh. And then <laughs> I, I've told you that uh, I was, I had a dilemma. My, I loved my lecturers and then I loved the subject and then they would get so... And then Professor Antangre, she shows up again with environmental law. I'm In like, your fourth year. This is my calling, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I remember that time I even went and volunteered at a court for a while. When the Philip Caragavas were doing that famous case against tobacco, public smoking, I think. Yeah, public so smoking. So I, I did a bit of voluntarism at that point at a court and uh, I fell in love with environmental law. So in fourth year, you're supposed to do your paper, your, your thesis. So I chose environmental law, climate change, and I wrote this paper and I remember everyone telling me, if you're not climate change, what? Global warming, that's not stuff that's going to happen anytime soon, you know? And in Africana, the only person who had ever written about it, there's only, you know, you go to Africana in the library and there'll be so many texts on so many topics. Yeah. So I was supposed to have chosen that. People told me I chose a hardest subject because it's only one paper and it was by Kandebe. Yes. The brother of Professor Richie. And I did that paper and there was so little information about it. It was quite the struggle. Wow. But I'm so proud that I did it because I'm sure whoever is doing environmental law right now is also probably referring to my paper in Africa. <laughs> Must be a rich paper. I yeah, need to. So I thought I was going to do environmental law a big fight, right? Yes. So immediately I left uh, school. I started looking around for places. Yes. And I wanted to go to Nema. Then I fell on national water. And I started getting newspaper clippings about Dr. Mpire. They were declaring profit and all those sorts of things. So I started. Um, Putting those clippings in my life, in my dream journal, and yeah. saying I want to be, I want to work for this man. Wow! And so you you already started, you know, paving way for your yeah, your dream job right say. here at, at at undergrad. Quite visionary, yeah. I should say. Not very visionary. Yeah, uh, but but <laughs> quite. I mean, you already had it figured out somewhere that yeah. this is this is where I want to. That's, yeah. that's, 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 yeah. that's, that's so I think big. environmental law grabbed my heart. Okay. I, Towards the end, yes. but I had been seduced by many other subjects before. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it makes sense why you had to come up and be, you know, a senior manager at yeah, one right of the... at home. All right, I love, I love the work we do. Yeah. <laughs> wow, interesting. Yeah. So some one way or the other, you know, you are still God has been tra- kind. God has been kind, and you're at home. Yeah. Yeah. 
interesting interesting so for we, you know there's there's always that excitement now presently we have a couple of challenges say when you're working i am I'm, I'm guessing you think that different times have changed time you things think, have changed something yeah, happened things to me that, in my second year that really upset me yeah. oh. uh, i lost my they lost my family law. Sorry. Oh, and so this hasn't. Started. This is not the first. This is not the first thing. And yet. I was so upset because I asked to look at the paper. It was obvious. There was a list. I had attended. I had done the paper. Yeah. But they wouldn't let me look through the papers for my own papers. So I stayed with that nagging suspicion that you know I must have done my paper and this, you know. And uh, I think a few years later they did some prosecution of some people at the secretariat okay. who had been selling people's results. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah, so I remember hating having to carry that paper. That's the only paper I ever had to carry and I was so mad and I was bitter for a long time. Actually, I remember that time I even changed into second year and in a fit of rage i changed to evening <laughs> started going to evening classes also oh, you during your time, time you yeah. had you know you, you I had was a day, uh, okay yeah. how was how was that experience i know i i, have, I haven't had an opportunity to go to being Makaya, a but, student, but yes. then i told you when i got emotionally scarred <laughs> with this current paper <laughs> so uh, sorry because it, it affected my gdp my what? GPA. Uh, GPA. Yeah, GPA. Yeah, so I, I, I went to evening. I think I think going to evening was a very nice thing because evening students were very different from day students. Yes. They had I feel like they had a tighter group group in life. The day students were very studious. They came to study. <laughs> that was it really. <laughs> The, the evening students were more adventurous. Some of them, you know, came to class ready to go to club after that. Uh, they were real, you know, they talked about their lives beyond school. So I met some really deep friendships there. Friendships there. Then I also realized that the lecturers that taught me in day class were much freer in the evening, you know? They loosened up. I almost you know, asked I, if there were different people that you had to no, meet. No, the same people, but... Uh, then you also had the Saturday classes and I felt that we, I got a more mature relationship with my lecturers when I went to evening. Interesting. It was interesting. But then I had to plan out my days then. I had to change my whole schedule. My whole schedule. Yeah. But it was good because that also then helped me even do a few things at the legal aid clinic during the day if I wanted to. So my passion. <laughs> so I can see. Yeah. Oh, so you had the liberty. Just you had the liberty during you know your your time. Nobody for, asked. Uh, like no, I'm saying to change to change from did, say evening now become you know. Um, I did register as an evening student. I just attended evening classes. <laughs> yes, I don't think I'm impressing anybody listening to me right now. <laughs> Yes. Wow, and wow. my parents, I think it's the first time they're hearing of it. So, yeah. so, was that one secret that you? I think I was, I've told you, I hated them. And that family law paper really made me bleed. Yes. Made so me, sorry. And I think that the a way I was rebelling against you know, <laughs> everything was that. Then, in fourth year, our dean, uh, Dr. Machibi Ngazen, Stated that uh, everybody who had carried a paper 
would have to stay the whole year. Of course, I had encouraged people, but I was like, what? <laughs> so our our year was known for starting riots on campus. I had never participated, but that particular, it was a peaceful demonstration. <laughs> you were becoming a Martin Luther. I was right at the front. <laughs> And I remember someone asking me question, I didn't carry up I said, yeah, but I know lots of people who are going to suffer. away. are not going to allow this. Interesting. So walked up to the Senate. It was peaceful. Yeah. I'm proud of it because it was probably the only one that got us results. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, great, great. You, you had quite an interesting you know, journey of, of law school, I can see. Maybe before we go to the end when you, you know, graduate and finally get into, you know, the bar course at the Law Development Center. Mm. Do you have those outstanding, you know, um, memories um, when you look back and say, I know people in law school, some of them have had, they engaged in um, mm. other activities. Somebody's, uh, you know, an athlete or... Yeah, a, we had, well, did you have I remember being the campaign manager for my, she's now my matron. Uh, whoa. <laughs> she, she was my roommate when she was standing for head, uh, what, what do you call it, the head of the, for the minister, for the whole minister. Okay. Uh, for Mary Stewart. Oh, like, and, you know. So you, it, it, it became war. <laughs> so you were the head of strategy of, of ensuring that this election that. is. But I remember getting so lost in that war because it became a war between Navisunta and Namalunga, <laughs> you know, and it was. So those rivalries you know? are carried on till. No, it's not really a rivalry. It's just that the kids, the students, were from different schools. Yeah, but I'm imagining. And, and they had different ideology. Exactly, different the affiliations still. Exactly. You know. So I got really involved in that. I I remember we had quite a few riots okay. around that also affected and. Because you know, people would ask you, why aren't you participating? And then I would ask, what is this about? You know, and then you know, people would be angry with me that I'm asking such questions. But it also helped me form my my convictions, yes. you know, for, yeah. for doing things. Yeah. And I remember we had this, this idol, this, what I, idolatry that just happens on campus. You know, Gongom and Gongomesi and those idols that they keep playing around. And that also bothered me. I had to. To think more deeply about those things, and I remember Sylvia Tamale talking about feminism. Yes, that was the first time I think I really experienced feminism. When she talked about the fact that uh, the the mace that's carried in Parliament is shaped like a phallus, I felt like those were really scandalous things that nobody talks about. But yes. she was opening my eyes to certain things. Yes. So um, I think those are things that sort of shaped me. Yes. Uh, I remember I did. I, I did get totally seduced by the whole feminism movement and I, I, I did some voluntary work for Kituwa Chakatiba around that time, one of my holidays, you really? and I enjoyed it. Uh, I also got really involved in what being a Christian advocate means. Like we had a conference for Advocates International, yeah. a Christian organization. And I was just an usher there, but it really changed my life. Hearing serious advocates, attorneys, uh, Justice Chibita was the organizer then. Wow. Seeing people that were successful in the legal profession and Christians. And it answered a lot of my questions. I'm starting to think you having had an opportunity to be um, 
you know, among these very profound individuals. Indeed, it shaped your 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 way out of law school and and your school of thoughts on a couple of things. It did, it did, and they were very. I keep telling people, I am here because I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. Because someone like Justice Chivita already had his career planned out, but mm. he had time for students. You know, he would come for fellowships. I remember Mr. Sekawanja, I remember uh, uh, Justice Wamgemere and her husband, you know, they would show up, they'd yes. make time, yes. and they would speak about their lives, uh, Justice Kapuru, the wow. environmentalist. Wow. <laughs> so these, these people would come and speak to you either at retreat or whatever, yes. and they would make being a practical, practicing Christian very real. Interesting. Now, and very attractive. Now I know where the you know the basis and, yeah. and foundation of this Christian uh, school of thought comes from. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much. So here you are, uh, four years, quite uh, memories down the land, um, interesting experiences. I must say, you you know, you being a Martin Luther halfway your journey really? right there <laughs> because you led the movement. I didn't quite lead it. I yeah. just said I participated. You participated. Very very, very active day. You said you were at the forefront. That's interesting. So here you are. How did it feel when uh, you saw yourself and you know, finish these four years and graduation this year? It was amazing. It was a. It was a. It was a mix because you've got a family. Yes. You you gained a family. You built relationships. You. Makere had become my plate. You know. And. Uh, did you participate as something I forgot to ask you? Were you like a, but you already said that you were a leader in some forums and things like that? Yes, and I used to act. I told you this celebration, so we took us to different campuses, even in all over East Africa. Interesting. Uh, we acted in the National Theatre. We and 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 this group had students from all all different courses. So the it's national the national theatre has your memories <laughs> right there. We need to go yeah. and ask for some of these so, recordings. So for me, I felt that we had made a home in St. Francis. We have made a home there. Mango tree, you know, all our cries to the Lord <laughs> <laughs> about everything. I would have loved to be there and see you. That you mango know, tree saw there. a lot of things. <laughs> It has, it has the stories. Has story. We need to see how yeah. we can get it talking. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, the, 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 the crushes, the breakups, the, oh. the friendships, you know, the fights with your friends. We, we, we're intrigued to ask what happened, but I think we No, no, no. It's, it's just that uh, what I'm saying is a lot of firsts for me have come up in home campus. Okay. Um, and, and for me, I think. Why Mango Tree was very special. It was a place where you go to pray. It's a place where you go to have tough conversations with your friends. It's a place where you go to admit mistakes to God. Well, <laughs> more like a sanctuary of sorts. Yeah, if you went there at <laughs> yeah. 7 p.m. on any night just by going to growling to the Lord <laughs> on their various issues. Yeah, so, and, and then I did, I, I started a habit with my friend Nema my roommate and we were giving out buses so I, I'd, I'd write little buses on a piece of paper and distribute them like origami <laughs> and everybody people I've met who walked into my room that time yes. including my husband and his best man who was then his best friend they walked in and up to now his best man has a scripture that I gave him so I'd just give them a box and be like pick pick and 
and take them to class and force everybody to pick and then um, more more like what you would yeah. call now street preaching yeah yeah but i was just yeah. giving scriptures i, I get it but, but there were but one way or the other sending exactly sending a message yeah so, so they would provoke conversation someone would ask you what does this mean i remember one time i manipulated a friend of mine he he threw down the scripture and stepped on it and told him oh there is that that is already working on we said what what <laughs> yeah <laughs> See, the Bible says that not a word of God will fall to the ground and return here. <laughs> the word my love for getting people to meet Christ and know him started then really interesting okay so here you are grad you know graduate now a lawyer out of you know law school and i'm i'm thinking now you start eyeing the law development center did you really have that interest because presently we have people who say with all these things that are happening i don't want to go to ldc or they in my day you didn't have a choice if you wanted to be a lawyer that's where you had to go you had to go to ldc so if you didn't go that was very courageous people that were exposed and maybe had very rich parents who could take them abroad or they wanted to go to harvard before they came back yeah i don't know (laughs) but for us it was very black and white yes and and had to LDC and uh, LDC was I think my best experience of my whole legal life. Really? I have heard people say. On campus, I told you I was like in five fellowships and each of them had a fasting day, so I never even saw really my meal card. But so skinny. So LDC is the first time I gained weight. <laughs> and I remember my father okay. saying, "Shouldn't you worry?" People lose weight in LDC. How are you getting? Absolutely, gaining? absolutely. I enjoyed it. You know, we had this IS on Saturday. There was a bad habit that IS were old questions. There was nothing new under the sun. So people had pressed them. Of, of these questions. And they'll just regurgitate them. And that was a thing that you did, that you would regurgitate them. But I loved research. So I would actually go to the library and do my research. Friday, the extra diligent student. Friday. No, I wasn't being extra diligent. Mm-hmm. I kind of like to have more things, you know. It didn't earn me very high marks at the beginning, yes. but I learned a lot. I loved uh, the IS. I think I and a friend of mine called Gloria Alex, we, I think we must have attended the most books. Wow. So we liked so you liked moting yeah we love moting so much that if somebody didn't want their turn they'll give it to us <laughs> interesting interesting so i enjoyed moots we over prepared for them we had we built strong cases and we were you... rather annoying <laughs> but we thoroughly enjoyed moots um, that's, that's that's rather a very interesting story to say about a place you know, that I like has a good fight. <laughs> So many stories have been said about that place that you know, you know. No, the moots like... were amazing, and we were studying in tents. Wow! So if it rained, okay. if it... I remember the time the tents collapsed, and Sorry. we had some students, 
Wow, sorry. Thank you. And then some students sued the university. Sorry, the, the school. So it's ah, so this is we, taking we one of the Lord Movement Center has it. and all sorts of things. We, but it was our place. It was what we had at the time. We didn't complain about it. We didn't. You know, we just pushed on. Okay. Then the orals came. Yes, how was how's 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 your experience during this My oral exam? And I, I have I you know I don't deal very well with anxiety. Oh. It was terrible, it was a terrible, Sorry. terrible experience. Yeah. I remember walking into the orals and when I think Mr. Nangwala saying, Please have a samosa <laughs> and I was completely thrown off. <laughs> and I grabbed the samosa <laughs> and I filled it the whole time they were questioning me and I walked out with it and I remember looking at it and thinking what have I done? <laughs> because the, you didn't know whether if you pick the samosa you have failed or you have passed. Yeah. You eat it. Whether you oh, have, you've know? probably eaten, uh, uh, you know, your exam and right there. Out yes. and, and they're all these, you know, the white decals who are going to tell you what they answered, uh. what the answer was supposed to be, <laughs> all these things. And you just listen and you didn't get anything right. You know, so you go home and you just, it was a terrible time. So sad. So I was really, be- I was really happy that I passed. Oh, oh um, interesting. And then interesting. I went and did clerkship into Simetaweka. Ah, and interesting. I was, I was about to ask, you know, clerkship is one of those defining things you usually was, you want to be attached to a place. It was my best time because I was very lucky to be with very senior people who did not mind taking an intern, a clerk, yes. right along with them. Yes. I attended, you know, did some amazing work, research. They'll throw you deep into you know, the deep end. Yes. Um, it was exciting. I got to sit in the court martial and see proceedings happening. I got to sit in commercial court. What are some of the judges that you recall as a, as as a, who are, which faces of, of judges do you recall as a, as a you know law development student but young as, as you are, you're you're heading I remember, practice. I remember. I love justice. The court Yes. I loved justice. Um, I couldn't really. yes, I felt like yes, that. Very phenomenal yeah, judge. Yeah. yeah. Um, I. Let me see. I think another judge that I liked was a criminal judge. A lady. All I remember, I used to appear before her. Oh. This was after you had. I think uh, she was called just. She was a magistrate. She was not. She was a chief magistrate. Okay. I think she was called Hawashi Navasa. She ah, was my name too. Interesting. And I liked how calm she was and how she, she sort of, if somebody was being too nasty in court or whatever, she always brought them back to their senses. Yes. Um, I loved reading rulings by uh, some, some uh, what they call foreign judges. Of course, I love Lord Denning. Ah, the master of the rules. Yes. Um, There was an Indian judge that I loved. Um, A lot of criminal law precedents. Um, Yeah, I think for me those were the ones that stood out. That stood out for me. Interesting. Interesting. And uh, one of the things that I enjoyed, especially in clerkship, was being able to do to be part of arbitration, you know, just sitting and see how that goes, how that is different from a courtroom experience. Yes. Uh, they, were, they were famous, I was 
are so blessed and privileged to be part of Tema's cases. Yes. Uh, just sitting in there and listening to them. Yes. There's a famous theft case at Shell, a famous investment case that we were there for. There was a film, uh, there was a court martial thing with uh, Tumukunde and uh, Kashaka were there. Oh. That court martial experience was a whole other thing, you know. <laughs> Having your, your senior lawyers being told to sit down, you know. Well, that was I, a whole other thing. Yes. Um, then I think there was also, there were, there, there were some serious famous cases. The Alcon case, I got to see a bit of that. Interesting. So it was a very beautiful experience. But it, it convinced me I wanted to do criminal law. So I got because. a chance. Because yeah. of your affinity to one a firm that is practicing it, yeah. a senior lawyer who has specialized in it and he has his vast experience. The other partner was in commercial law and he's also doing oh. very well. Here's the outcome case. Yeah. But, but uh, I felt that, that dr- I think I loved the drama, the, also the impact yes. you know, of, of, of being able, the moment I understood that all you have to do is prove reasonable doubt. Because I didn't believe in the death sentence. I didn't believe anybody had a right to kill another person. Yes. Let alone the state with all our mistakes. So how are we sure that this person actually did this thing? So yes. I realized, you know what? All I have to do in order to defend is raise reasonable doubt. <laughs> and I got really good at that. Because with our police and the prosecution, it's, it's, it's very easy for things to go wrong because they work with so little. And so I thought I wanted to do criminal law, but um, unfortunately, I got my first death sentence just after club trip. I got a chance to be there for a bit. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask. So because you you are there at, at for the nine months, and you I'm, I'm believing you did really well with this exposure you had, <laughs> and here you are, you're out of of the law department center. Did you have um, kind of a cutout path? that you know this is it and i'm attached to here and i'm heading out and you you finish usually you keep attached to your i i i tried to get i remember i think i went back to that and i was working on a particular criminal case and i was helping the council and we got a death sentence and i remember that broke me and i quit Wow, because because of that one yeah, scenario. Where was the you know the good fight in you? Where where had it gone? The, the good fight I think that you, what you, I did you wanted to take on. Everything seemed like a good fight until yes. you realized. Let me tell you, you are a young student. Okay, not as young student, but you are a young lawyer. Yes. Everybody stands up in the courtroom, turns dark, and you know they break the pen and, and they declare death sentence on this person who you feel you have established all the reasonable doubt. Even you doubt that he did it. Yes. That yes. was traumatizing, so and I had built a relationship with this client. You know. Oh. So that and that had. Um... I I did, I don't know up to this day. Struggle with taking my personality and my feelings out of my work. So, so everything you have. Oh. That's how I <laughs> So I went back to legal aid, did a bit, a bit of a there. Okay. I got a month, but I looked around. 
Yes. <clears throat> Some colleagues were, no, you know, actually while I looked around and then there's a gentleman I had done research for. Okay. And he remembered me. By then he had become a board chair an organization and the MDS of the organization needed to go for further studies. Yes. So they needed someone like to be a caretaker of the organization. So I guess we got the job. Wow. Yes. It was called Candlelight Foundation. So I went there in charge of admin and, you know, <clears throat> but that place changed my life. It was not legal work. Okay. It was being purely an admin, HR, I did HR, I did admin, I did bookkeeping. I managed a whole team of about seven social workers and we were rehabilitating girls okay. in the street. Now, that was a very, for me, a very almost traumatizing but also very teaching experience. Yes. Get, going to Kisenia and, and identifying street girls and convincing them to come and be with you. And, then having conversations of why does a 15-year-old want a birth control injection, you know? You're telling them about abstinence. She has two kids, she has HIV, and her greatest struggle is to keep her CD4 count up, you know? This this was a whole new thing for me. <clears throat> Meeting girls that, uh, because we used to rehabilitate these girls, rent for them houses, then teach them how to make candles, that's why they would make the money, you know? So I started now marketing, I started going to, I remember I went to game, I went to Banana Boat and convinced them to buy our candles. You You're know? becoming a sales yes, person. Yes, I had to yeah. label them and tell stories about the girls and then I had to, then I discovered there were donors who were interested in funding us, so I started writing proposals for funding. This was a whole thing that I had never really experienced. <clears throat> but I thank God for my experience in, um, in legal aid because Donor funding was not new in that way. Yes. Uh, also, uh, dealing with people that come from different backgrounds were not new. So, I had to struggle, you know, I, I had to be able to tell if a girl was high in fuel, because it's used to fuel, or oh, she was, it was so, a whole new world for me. Oh. And I remember I moved out of the home and I took on that job. Um, <laughs> because my aunties were really much making me and it was becoming a bother because everybody seemed to be about she's graduated now it should be marriage you know oh uh, so but, that and that was not in my book oh god so you already you know which my mom did take very well but i remember wasn't how 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 because you know that's quite challenging of, of you that's a very bold decision i must say it was and it was a lonely decision because it took about three months for anyone in my family to be okay with it. Oh, so yeah. sorry. So I was quite terrible. But I remember <laughs> going, I would go back to my house and I'd just get on my knees and ask those girls. Because it was so real. And some of them had children. So now we had to open a little daycare in the, in the, in the organization. And that was my day. Every day teaching them things that you would think an ordinary girl would know. Yes. But so eventually we started getting some of them enrolled in school and some of them. So I became a mom to about 25 kids. You know, I'd go down to... Here you are being... We got funding, we got a lot of funding. Wow. Uh, and, and I was able to take about 25 of them to school. 
Oh, I remember preparing amazing. and buying boxes and making sure everybody had all the materials. It was a life-changing experience for me. I, I, I don't talk about it enough. And uh, after about 11, about 11 months, the yeah. lady came back to study, the yes. CEO. Yeah. So I left. I didn't think that... They didn't want me to leave, but I felt that... Um, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be doing law. Yes, so you had was me. Yeah. 11 months, you yeah. really had it. That's quite a span of time. Yeah, plus I'd gotten audit books audited and all these things. I'd done these things that I felt fully fledged have really human resources. me a lot yeah. and really move on very fast or okay. I'll get lost in this world <laughs> that I'm beginning to love. Yes. So that's when a friend of mine invited me um, to a farm called Wegabaza. I started working there okay. and at the same time I got a, I, I applied for a job in KU and I got it because guess what yeah. I had more experience than most of my friends because I had been teaching when you had L, when at the legal aid um, clinic you yes. get to teach CLE to the LDC students wow so I had that experience interesting so it, it paid off and I got a job at KU as a full lecturer to do evening and then while I was there I had just gotten the job at KU then someone called me for a job interview mm-hmm. told me about it randomly and I attended the job interview uh, for the legal secretary to national association of broadcasters to the board yes and I got the job so <laughs> but it wasn't like a very full-time job so okay now I had three jobs yes yeah interesting and, very uh, and, and I would want to know how you Right there, you juggled these three jobs. It wasn't and, easy, yeah. Uh, but the law, okay. Because you have to it, be. It got the, complicated. Let me tell you how it got complicated. Yes. One of the people that interviewed me was uh, Honorable Maria Chonka. So the next day after the interview, she tells me to go to her studio, Radio One, and do a voice check. And I did a voice check, and then she tells me, "I'd like you to take on Radio One Talkback, the morning show." That's it. Let me try it out. So uh, I was Theo. <laughs> wow. So, yes. So that so, meant that I had to be in the studio at 3 a.m., uh, do the, the 6 to 9. Then at 9, I'd go to Wekawaza, do my law firm beat because I was supposed to be there part time. Then in the evening, I'd go to PRU. Then if there was in between, there were events or things I needed to do for now, then I'd do them. But I remember it was very strange because in the studio I was the only person who was going there with a suit. You know? <laughs> because you're coming from a low farm. Everybody is funky, they have the <laughs> lovely had... hairstyles. So they didn't understand me, I bet. But I met some really good friendships there. Uh, yes. So I did that for six months and I quit because it, it was a different world for me. I do I was, you? I was, I was still hiding from people the fact that I was a, a DJ or a presenter on radio. Those days you could not do that and be a lawyer. Okay. Was, yes. You know, there's so much prejudice about things like that. But I was also, I also had an imposter syndrome. All you guys look so funky. I didn't think I could be that funky. <laughs> you know, come in, you know, a t shirt. Yeah. You have some different hairstyle. Every day I was reminded how different. Wow. I, I kind of tell people that that was a one moment I quit. 
But that was beautiful. I'm imagining you probably, you know, waking up in the morning and you know you have to Kitchen be. It wasn't phone. beautiful. It felt like a because I remember... No, I'm, I'm just saying the, the experience. But, yeah. you know, you're waking up at 8 and, you know, here I am, I have to be in, in a law at firm. 8? Yeah. At 3 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What time would you arrive at work if you wake up at 3? No, they'd pick me at 3. Interesting. Yeah, I'd be in the studio from about 3.15 up to 6 when I do the, the show up to 9. Okay. Then I go. 3 a.m. was preparation. <clears throat> That's the thing that Honorable Maria told me. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Wow. So those were some precious things. So when so I quit, so when I quit radio, I stayed on now, and then I quit the law firm also because I was supposed to be a part timer, but they expected so much from me, and then there were some things that yeah. I couldn't do. Yes. I felt like they needed expectations, so I let go. Yeah. And. Um, I stayed with Nav, KIU, and then... So here you class. are, yeah. you're teaching and you're working for NAP. Yeah, so I stayed with those uh, two jobs for about three more years. Not three. Like How did stretch. you... I, I'm imagining that mm-hmm. um, at the time, you know, you're doing the NAP job and you have teaching. How did you juggle that? Because teaching, I'm imagining, it has prepare. exactly you have to prepare it has commitment you have coursework you have and here you are time. okay I told you it was a good job okay. so it's a good job and um it's an association like ULS yes but I was the whole secretariat so <laughs> it should be a lot of work I mean it should be a lot of work yeah. but it was exciting times because I learned to advocate and fight for media rights at Whoa. that time because they, they looked up KFM and then I would have to go and go to the minister, petition, <laughs> argue, build arguments, sometimes even go to court, you know. Um, we had different things, the copyright law was being enacted at that yeah. time. Yeah. So we had to fight with the musicians and stuff and negotiate and, you know, lobby and it was an exciting time for me. And then, you know, I would have to appear on TV, you know, against the closure of a media house, you know, fighting for media rights. So this was my first time, my first radio. That you're making these appearances. Yeah, the most exciting thing that I, I think you were Media like models. like we said you were you were excellent at everything probably you I did. Think so. I think <laughs> I had people who really took a chance on me. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm imagining you had, you, you had to be excellent. You had to be excellent to catch an eye of, you know, Honorable Maya Chumuka. I, well, you, I, I had, don't know. Yeah. I just think that God was looking out for me. Yes. And, and the fact that, you know, you're here, you are, you you must have been excellent. You've got a job <laughs> at, at, at a university to teach, not even as a tutorial assistant, yeah. but as a lecturer. Yeah. Well, I, I enjoyed lecturing. It was a whole other thing. I bullied my students uh, of the terror because you teach the way you are told, don't you? I, I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah. So you are. So imagine well, my experience. So you were. Pay, so you were paying back. Paying back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. But I, was, I think I was quite. Uh, it was a hard experience because the 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 the. It, it, it was it was not very easy. Yeah. So after three years, okay. I, remember I have been. I have still been fantasizing about national. Terrorism. Yeah, you. 
that that yeah. is, is so still in the pipeline. The time I got the NAP job, I applied to National Water, but they kept telling me nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh. I even got audience with the MD and told him I the growth of the organization. I am the, I am the person you've yes. been waiting and for. And he laughed me out <laughs> of the office. So, yeah. Um, it and was, and was that the present that. MD or? No, no. Okay. Okay. So it was very fortuitous that uh, after about three years of trying, oh, no, actually, one year of trying, they got a vacancy in the commercial department and they called me. And they called me like a week to my wedding. Oh, so I started. I started. We we. I started a job the week that I got married. And wow. It was my third job. I mean, nobody knew that it was my third job. <laughs> that's, that's, See, that's... I knew how to take on jobs, but I didn't know how to quit jobs. No, but even the fact I'm I'm just I'm I'm intrigued of how you would decide and take such a bold I'm I'm thinking you're you you know you're having your wedding and I'm expecting that during that time you you know you want to take well, off a two three days. Well, I think this man that thought I'll skip everything. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's, it was amazing. That's My beautiful. husband was um, he'd already been. Oh, so he kept he kept time. he kept you know he kept along. He kept all the way from you know um Paul at at Make <laughs> so from benching day he from knew me ben- quite well and <laughs> he all, you he, know, all he, was, he was a very consistent man right Extreme. from benching and he and he kept on you know while he was benching is like the brother uh, so oh yeah at that the, point we didn't yeah. have anything going on okay. he was like my big brother but he'd seen me through it all interesting and so it sounds like you had very fond memories yeah, we do. Like, uh, he kept encouraging me. I think he's in every part of my journey. I mean, if I even dated that guy, I first introduced him to this guy. <laughs> yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. Interesting. So you, here you are, and then, you know, um, marriage at the same time. You're getting a he new job. He knew how badly I wanted national Oh, so he had very when, supportive. When they told me that I was a job in was, yes, you're going to be a lawyer, but yes. he told me you go, you go and show them what a lawyer can do. That's a force. That's, that's a force. That's, that's, that's very, that. Yeah, that's that's but amazing. Remember, yeah, so we had this grand plan to so like, okay, let's get married, then maybe go do a master's, then come back. So, unfortunately, or fortu- no, very, very fortunately. Okay. I, I got a honeymoon baby, <laughs> so that just you know put face of flying. But so look at this me pregnant, yeah. in national water at 5 p.m. going to care you to be there by six and start the six to nine, you know. And, uh, and then you then get home. Then maybe in the middle there you're organizing a presidential dinner for the media houses. <laughs> You know, it, it was and even in a, the mix of that, you have to be a mother, you have to be a wife exactly. to your husband. So when my second born came, the second year, yeah, so much family planning, <laughs> it was enough. <laughs> so while I was on maternity leave, I remember they sent me some care you papers to Mark, and I sent them back with a resignation letter, and I, then I also left now. It, it, it had become a lot, so I let go of those two and stayed with National Water. Uh, but National Water was exciting because my first boss, 
the head of the department didn't like me at all, didn't know why that she had a lawyer in the commercial department. So she told me to justify my role there. Wow, so quite I wrote, a, I wrote out a whole paper. Quite a toll on you. That's somebody trying to say profile why you should we should be given credit. Exactly. So I wrote a whole paper about why we That's, that's and she took me literally, she said, okay, show me results in six months and maybe you'll stay. I said, okay, so one of the things I pledged was to reduce the debt in the debt areas. People weren't paying their bills. So I, I used lawyers, law firms, and debt collectors. And in six months, we had collected about 1.5 billion of areas that were older than three years. Wow. Yeah. Impeccable. Yes. And she was very impressed, so she told me to write a debt management policy. So I'm very proud to say that our current debt management policy was is something that I came up with and that was a very tight time for me. And it it, it also had bad debts. Because that's when we started I then I got a criteria criteria for identifying bad debts. Because then I argued to I told her that now we can ask for taxes back. Because you know you National author pays taxes on bills, on, on billing. Yes. So if someone hasn't paid back the bad debts, then you can't claim back that tax. So finally, we had a criteria, and I also felt like I found my claim. Wow. Yeah. So it's, 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 it was not easy starting out in a public organization. There are different rules. Yes. The politics sometimes. Yeah. But it's really shifted. Amazing, and you had to, you know, uh, keep on going and keep on raise, going, yeah, yes. keep on going, raise your uh, head above your shoulders. Writing papers uh, at the International Association, and then I had a friend of mine, I and a friend of mine discovered uh, young water professionals, an international organization. So we said we're going to open the East African chapter. So we established the East African chapter of the East African Young Water. Amazing! That became a huge thing. <laughs> we wrote papers, and you say gave us money. And we did our first project. And interesting, interesting. And then we started the something called Swas Clubs here now. We started the first one where we got we started the school water and sanitation clubs in school. Wow, amazing! Uh, we started uh, this movement. Fighting for the environment in yes. school. So, see, my environmental. <laughs> uh, then, um, so I did that, and uh, I, was, I also became the person in charge of our relationships with mom. Yes. And for collecting money for So, somehow. So draft the MOUs and negotiate that relationship. And that sort of exposed yeah. you. and So, while I was doing that, um, our PR. Oh, the M. The, the management then decided to phase out cash offices. And I was lucky that they put me on the team to think of the concept. And, you know. So we phased out cash offices, and while we're doing that, we are going to pass the Oh, sorry. So sorry. And I was asked to head PR. And I said, No, I can't do this. And then well, the MD was like, That's the only job you have available now. Just as I'm getting into the field of law, so I got into PR and started, you know, I embraced it. <laughs> I looked for, I went to Public Relations Association of Uganda, looked for mentors. 
and I found some good boys. Shani told me everything about social media and Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so then I was lucky enough that at that point we were also getting some money from donors. Yes. To do big projects here. And they needed lawyers. And our corporation secretary, who was then the head of Decom, was already shut all the other work. So they said, You do the project. So now I started project negotiations, doing financing agreements, uh, that was the most exciting thing that I was being, I was doing legal work while the peer. And then the, I think one of the most exciting things that happened was external services. We started teaching other organizations how to improve their performance. Wow. You remember that thing that I used to love writing, reading about? Yes. Yeah. So they said, okay, so you'd be the legal advisor on external services. And that for me was exciting because I would go like to Nairobi or to Mombasa to negotiate you know, a, a contract. Or this, this for me was very exciting. Exactly, because you feel like it, it has an attachment to your law yeah. and, and also exposing you to a couple of other things that deal with how you can better that. And then they appointed me to be the head of the contract. No, no, to be the representative. Legal in the contract committee, that was another exciting thing. Because uh, it put me like in the heart of the profession to look at contracts, look at risk management, look at procurement, wow. procurement support. Um, all this while I'm doing PR, which was a whole other <laughs> thing of the Yes. Uh, so I did that for three years, and then National Water went through a transition, the NBA. Okay. Then I got an offer to go to Airtel and head the PR. Wow. So it was a very difficult decision to make. But I think what Don't tell me you left. You already said you it was a different difficult decision. It was very hard. It was always it's always been hard for me to leave anything. Because I get attached. Exactly. So I had to go back to my mentors, my current MD, and ask them, can I leave? I've got a business. And I'll always thank God for them because they blessed me and that made it easy for me to leave. Yeah. I left with their blessing. And all of them told me, you're going to get to experience a multinational, it's different from government. Go, go, go see what it's about. Interesting. So I went to Airtel and I was lucky to find that they were going to do a merger. So you're uh, the person who helped in the, you know, yeah, Airtel and... The communication uh, what was it? It was Airtel and, and Warit. Yeah. Yes. So I get involved in the whole communication strategy. I get involved with. Uh, I also got a chance to work with the legal department, all the legalese. It was such an amazing experience. Wow! And I love being in Atlanta. It's a different environment. The top management were like on my edge, you know. So it was, <laughs> it's a whole different environment. Yeah, you're like peers. It's a free, freer environment. Oh, okay. But also more demanding. Ah. Uh. How long were you at yeah, Airtel? I had my child there. <laughs> <laughs> the Airtel baby. The Airtel baby. <laughs> there, yes. So we did the merger, we took over the cranes, we took over the airport, we took wow. over wow. Big Brother. I launched Big Brother. Hey. 
day they brought it to me as part of my classes, I remember saying, oh my god, the church is just going to throw me out. But yes, because... I did it. Whoa! <laughs> Yes. Because we don't... And then we hosted Arsenal players. Wow. Because we had Ed Durant. Yes. Somebody who never known a thing about football. <laughs> but before I, I, I left National Water, I had also covered our Maji FC. Okay. We had rebranded it, made it Water FC. So I was trying to grow it in the Super League. Wow. Then I moved to Airtel. So finding Airtel Rising Stars was, you know, was cool. So um, we did, I did that for a while, but after the two years of the great merger and all that stuff, the MD had left. Yes. And uh, you know my first language. Absolutely. And I think. Yes. So. so. I hear national water is recruiting ahead of people. I'm like, what? So I applied and I was very blessed to, to get it back. Wow. So I came back. <laughs> and How long were you at Airtel with all years. this? Oh God! Oh God! We have, so you had to leave this very, you know, pomp and and the glamour and, and get back home. And yes, I even took a bit of a cut, but it was worth it because this is what I love. Yeah. You know, you don't always have to do what you're good at. I, I must say, with all the mentorship and training I got, it really made me good at PR yeah. and social media and all that stuff. But I think that. I loved the law because it challenged me. Okay. It wasn't that easy. It's not that easy to to win with the law. It's not that easy. It's, it's not things are not straightforward. It's a very profound statement. You know, you know, when we're doing law, that people just say the constitution is very clear. Article this of this. It's just not or, clear yes. because it is not in a clear environment. Yes. So you have and, to. And if you read the case of the blind men, the five blind men and the Differently. So you are uh, back at home. Back home. Uh, came back to the school. By then, I was sorry to National Yeah. By then, I was the head of PR at the Public Relations. I was the director of PR at the Public Relations Association of Uganda. So. I said, let me hand that over. Excellence, excellence throughout. It just keeps, you know. It's you actually know. me it's trying it's to, it's to it's learn, <laughs> by the way. I no, but I, I, I don't, I don't think um, the fact that you, I mean, you even had previously, you were working for water and they, they trusted you with all these, so many roles. They, yeah. they blessed you to leave. You were at Airtel doing very tremendously. Then you get back. I mean, I, I feel there was a fine touch of excellence in everything. That, don't you think there was an attribution of that? that Amen. One way or the other. <laughs> it's, you know, it's so easy to look at a TV screen right now and say, I'm yeah. not excellent. But <laughs> well, to you, first of all, the people who love you will think you're confused. You yeah. You're back and forth, what's going on, government, multinational, 
Yes, you're probably when going global. What's wrong with you? You're now coming so, back to you. Yeah, know. there are all those contradicting things, but I felt that yeah, you know, again, my journey has been about me and God. Yeah. And when I came to National Health Service, a vision I had for the legal department. And when I went to Airtel, I always had that feeling of unfinished business. So this was a chance to come and 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 do that. When I came, the first thing I wanted to do was I remember I walked into that interview with a strategic plan for the legal department <laughs> and they laughed me out of the room because it was so ambitious. <laughs> I yeah. told them, you know, it could be a legal, it could be a, a legal chamber, it could be, you know, we shall have our own court, you know, and, and other things looked alien, you know. When I go back to my application right now on the HR file, it's so funny that. Wow. Because we have our own utility court, um, Uganda Road. Interesting. We have, we've been a legal chamber. So, so what seemed, you know, our... I think people should dream. Don't be afraid to dream. And then sell your dreams. Yeah, because I mean, you had to... If you talk about something long enough, people Mm. stop thinking it's crazy. Get them used to the idea. I mean, I told if I told lawyers we're going to be available to them, faithful, and we're going to fight for them, and they didn't believe it. But now we're fighting for it. <laughs> I mean, there's a time I went to rescue Ambrose Teviasa in the road, and I found 40 lawyers in their suits there defending him. This dream had become a reality. So don't be afraid to, to dream. dream. Your dream. It's powerful. You have to sell your dream because you need champions, right? They call them destiny helpers. Yeah. You need destiny. destiny. So sell your dream. So I sold my dream to management. They were very interesting of it. <clears throat> and uh, my, my department has grown. It has grown so much that they were able to give me permission to be president. Wow. So that's why we get in. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, no quick, but quick, when quick, I get quick. into legal, I'm yeah. thinking, ah, I've been away from Learn, so I get back. I get you know, I look for people like Nicholas Opio, Seba Tendera. I remember Nicholas telling me you should run for secretary. Wow! So I volunteered at US for a bit, and then I ran for secretary when President Gimara was running. I enjoyed it, yeah, thoroughly because I knew that. Interesting. <laughs> See, a peer in you. Like, you know, yeah, the peer in you is still like, haunting you. I, I like. I need to improve. We need to improve our because you know there in this time there's a lot of media, you know, yes. stuff. So I thought, you know, we can we can try rebrand. Yeah, rebrand. Yeah. yeah. Actually, we did rebrand. Yeah. Uh, then the other thing also that I was passionate about the remuneration move. I found there was something there to fight for for lawyers fees. So those are the three things I really focused on. Wow. And then, um, while we were doing that, the President Gimara was very passionate about rule of law. So I was like, you know, we started to professionals clubs. Let's start rule of law clubs in schools. And he, he was so passionate about it. He 
took it to another level and now yes. we have over over 100 rural block clubs in school. Yeah, she, she did very yeah. tremendously launching, presently being there during yeah. the launches. Yeah. Yes. So those, those were the things that I'm really passionate about. So in that time and space while you know, you're teaching these very beautiful, excellent ideas, which you have consistently throughout I, I, your I journey. I think it's quite pretty. Remember those, <laughs> yes. you see those that's, photos. That's what I was when about to say. black and yeah. then, I'm in a pink suit and everybody's like, you know, what are you doing? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, because of the... I'm I know. from the... my PR background what? where it kids look like a pink. Ah. Uh-huh. And come with some pink, yellow, you know, someday. So when I first came, I tried to fit in just as much as making me a happy. So I said, no, I'll come with all that is different about me and I'll buy you. Okay. And, and, and were they receptive of that? They were, they okay. were, because at that time, So that's when ULS started having all these colors happening to it. And uh, it was exciting to build champion partnerships. Yes. That's when, you know, we're doing partnerships right now. People are suing me for signing an MOU. I, I was, I was, as a, about, I was yes, coming to that. But, as, as, <laughs> but, but we were signing MOUs that time, you know, because there is, a, there is a gym that we got specially for lawyers, we got a special rent for lawyers on that gym. Got a special bread for lawyers with Shell. We signed. I didn't see anybody suing for that MOU. You know why are they but, coming after yeah, you after for all special this? Special rates for insurance. Yeah. Last time, uh, that was although it was not really picked up. But those are things we were trying to back. Okay. So while we're doing that, uh, I was I came across the legal aid clinics and I got really passionate about them. And then I heard that our parents were leaving, and I was stumped. Know, wow. that this good work we're doing was going to waste. Yes. But I also was told that the VPS could aid. So I was like, wow, this would be a chance to make a difference. Wow. Because of my PR skills, maybe it can be So that's when you started eyeing the office of the vice president. Yeah, so that's quite ambitious. It is not. I feel like it's just being being no. driven. Uh, okay, maybe I saw going, need, maybe I going back like to maybe going back to the dream. So yeah. you had to dream. <laughs> yeah. So That's I started good. dreaming about what I Yeah. Because I was a bit unhappy that the donors were the donors were leaving, but not only were they leaving. If they are leaving, why is legal aid donor funded? Why are we just trying to legal aid Absolutely. Absolutely. Or why don't we make partnerships? Yes. So. I stood for VP. Yes. I was honored to, to go through. It was a tough race. Wow. I was running against a very established advocate who was also passionate about these things and who was a mentor of mine. <laughs> so it was very, very difficult. Wow. Although on the last day we took selfies and decided our relationship would not be affected by the election. Yeah, because I, I, I would want to know. For that. And I, I, I wanted to know because if you're saying he was a good friend and an old. Yeah, you he was that's, so that's 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 amazing. That's, a, that's amazing. Yeah. You don't you you don't burn the bridges. <laughs> but but how did you um, when did you decide that um, this is it? I will run for this second top office of of, of, of the society and I serve. And even as you're making that decision, you're very mindful of the fact that, uh, like you said, you are you know you didn't you fit know, in. I consult and, people. 
And he was okay, yeah. and he was okay, and said you should run against well, him. No, yeah. that time he wasn't yet. He hadn't yet decided to run. Oh, oh, okay. So you, wow. Well. So I did consult with people that I value in the organization. Yes. But I also consulted my own leaders here in Nashville because my decisions have an impact on different people, my family. So I have to ask. Yeah. And that, I think that's a very powerful tool, consulting, consulting, They give consulting. you feedback, they give yes. you feedback, they tell you that you can. But for me, the most important thing is usually to ask whether I will have their support, because oh. I will miss, All right. both during the campaign and after. Okay. So, they did support me, I'm blessed to say. And for me, usually that's a sign that God wants you there. Yes. <clears throat> Although he's my first point Con- of call. Of call. How was the race? How was the experience? Maybe briefly. It how? was. It was not very. It was not as should I say as bad as as the, the presidential one. Yeah. I think because of course there was a presidential race going on, it really takes all the attention. Yes. But it wasn't easy going against uh, a friend. Yeah. Going against a formidable, well-known person. Yes. But also, I remember people telling me you're ambitious, like it was a disease, you know? You know, when people make that observation, you're really ambitious. Like you have cancer, or maybe you have leprosy, I don't know. So it, it made me question myself a lot. Ah, I thought it would push you because no, you know, good fights. Oh, I like good fights, yeah. but I also didn't like how people seem to see me. As it was as like, I was being audacious, like I was being disrespectful and impetuous. And I got that feedback a lot from senior lawyers and for VP. Yes. So yeah. I was quite lonely. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. But um, No, but I, I mean, you know, you're here, you, you're envisioning, yeah. you have your vision here, you're holding on to it. I know how and that could get. People don't think. Yeah, I know. It's, it's uh, one of those things like. You know, generational crisis. You're young, and you know you could do this. And somebody still says, "Ah, oh, no, no, no." Yeah. You, you. So that puts me down a bit. But uh, there were people that believed in me. There were young people that believed in me, and they really pushed me. That's amazing. And, and then we went, and I got it. And then when I got it, well, I was like, "Then what? <laughs> let's start running now. Let's look for money. Let's do this." And I'm very proud of the secretariat team at that time. They were writing proposal after proposal. We were going after every penny we could see, <laughs> and I'm so glad that 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 the I took over was supposed to lose seven clinics. We had twelve. By the time I was done being VP, we had twenty-three clinics. Yeah, that's mind blowing. And then when I joined, we had about eight hundred lawyers that were doing pro bono. By the time I left, we had about 2,700 who were registered to do who were trying to be as active as possible. So, for me, I felt that uh, what we achieved during that time was getting people to notice the importance of our work, getting people to love, getting lawyers to love. I mean, we did two pro bono days, and we decided that for the first time, we're going to make sure they are all over the country, everywhere. And we got 1,500 lawyers showing up in Pro Bono Days to give free services. Do you know what that means? 
I need to. I just. I just. It's it's, uh, it's impeccable. Of that, I know that sounds very unprofessional. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound. I mean, if if, if Barack Obama can, you know, shed a tear on his. <laughs> I mean, he, this is the greatest no, president that, in the whole world. Yes. That they were willing, all these hot washers were willing to come up on the pedestal and, and talk to these people. I, up to now, I have those pictures. Wow. They are saved in my Google because they mean so much. Pictures of seeing, you know. Goes back to the attachment yes, where yes, you have, you know. President, yeah. you are sitting there with clients, giving off and time. And and she's she has this so many roles she has to be doing. Yeah. That's that's amazing. So for me that that was amazing. That wow. was, that's what kept me going every time. And we won awards, which was a first, you know. <laughs> uh, and then I think that uh, what blessed me the most was to see our secretariat team grow. Yes. Um, three of them were taken up by our donors into wow. huge positions. For me, much as I hated losing them, and much as we had some administrative problems at the Secretariat that probably caused their going, to me, it was a great compliment to us, to the project, to see that our donors were making these people heads of their programs. For me, that was amazing. That's, that's, that's impeccable. That's a very, and so like I, I said... Felt that was a great achievement for me. And I was seeing this U.S. that is growing into this amazing we had this long, you remember when I started, uh, by the time we got into the elections. This is for presidency? Yes, for okay. presidency. So maybe when, when did you decide that, um, I know you had done excellently <laughs> at, at your, you know, absolutely the things you speak of, that's not a mere feat of calling, I don't know, this very... Uh, formidable lawyers out of their offices. People are supposed. Some of them are supposed to be, you know, taking. I don't know, doing I, international. I, 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 I can't take and, credit for that. I think it was all but, of but, that. But you had, I, I know, yeah. but you're at the center of the organization, yeah. and I mean, you, 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 you're quite being modest at it. <laughs> so how, how did you, um, at that? When did you mote this idea of saying, I think, presidency. June 2019. Wow. June 2019. And you said, I have been second in command now I need to yeah um I had never wanted to be president actually standing for BP was really support Simon wow. I knew that going together would do a good job we'd be together as secretary and he was council member yeah so and I wanted to continue with some of the work that uh Mara had done oh okay so as VP and, and plus the lab issue so when Simon was, it was coming towards the evening of Simon's reign in June, I I identified some issues. There were some issues that I thought needed to change. Yes. I started uh, seeing a few problems. Yes. Um, the country was in dire straits financially. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. And I felt I felt ULS was absent from some spaces, the business spaces. The June 2019 budget and I remember talking to people and saying why isn't the ULS being consulted on this budget <laughs> and so there were both national things that happened and also things that happened in the ULS that made me think maybe it's time for a different kind of person yes and um, 
people had always asked me to stand wow. for president, even before when I stood for VP. But I never listened, it never occurred to me. It was not something I wanted. I saw what the president went through. I did not want any of that. I wasn't even prepared. <laughs> I was not in private practice, so what have I Yeah, like I said, yeah. because somebody would wonder how an in-house... So, June Interesting. Uh, so I put in my bid, and then, wow, five other people put in their bid. I'm like, wow, okay, four other people. Yes, because I think you so you had about. Seemed really difficult for me. Okay. It was, it was a quite tight race. Yeah, it was tight, and the tightest thing about it was two of them were my classmates. Interesting. Yeah, and I told you about. I think God has been testing this thing I have about going against friends. <laughs> if I thought that VPS was hard, this one. Was harder. This one was harder. So I first tried to have peace talks with all of them, but they all okay. Ah, so you okay. were that powerful and saying, you know, let's do. Powerful. Yeah, but you are. You're being. We a, come from the same. But you're being a powerhouse. You're you're calling people here to say, look, I I I'm think we're calling them. Yes, I'm going. To you're going to them, and so you're, 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 you're. We need to fight against each other. Yeah. Come together. Yes. And but they wouldn't have it. They had their own divisions as well. So I respected that and went in, and it was the most unprecedented thing because instead of having one month of campaign that we usually do, it turned out to be seven uh, months. Yeah, I think seven, about six months. six months. Yeah. So for me, that. That election season was the best thing that ever happened to me, cross-wise. Wow. Because every day, somebody will say something about you that will make you question even your name. <laughs> it will question you, your identity, why you're doing this. You know, they'll ask you why. Why you've been in this society for three, four years, you don't want to miss power. Why? Why? Yeah, and, you're clinging on to... the more they ask, the stronger my why became. Wow. The, the more they, they debated built on this. whether I was the best person, the more I was convinced. Because every time someone threw a reason like you're a woman or like you are an in-house counsel or you're a government employee, how you don't stand for rule of law, or you are, you've been there. You've been a vice stand, president. You're, called, you're part of the problem. You can't change anything. It, it was like God was telling me, yes, you're Yes. You know, that's um, also rare. I yes. think when you're about to be, people have done and been able to go through. That's, that's, that's the other thing that, yes. Then you're the I, fourth woman, you know? 
and you're too, you know, someone even told me, ah, you're not yet ready for women, you know, things like that. I, you know. So, and, and all this is happening at a time when, when um, COVID is here. Yes. There's so much. Yes. So I remember being the VP and Simon was running for elections the other side and we needed to do, get tickets, we needed to do stuff and and everything I would do, they would say you're abusing your office to do it. Yet I'm doing this to help the society. Yeah. But they're like, no, you should step down, you should do this, you should. So that's, I've told you every day was a day to question who you are, but it made my wife stronger every day because I have always said that um, we are we are individuals. Right now, your DNA. Nobody has your DNA. Nobody has your fingerprints. Nobody has your irises, by the way. You know. Nobody yes. has your thumbprints. Yes. Nobody. Yes. Why? Because your destiny lies in the things that make you different. And I knew that for law society to change and become the organization that is available to the whole country, that is not in inward looking, that is not tearing itself apart. We needed to be to have a common cause. And that common cause had to be the welfare of the Ugandans yes. who whose aspirations are written in our constitution, which we do not seem to pay attention to. Yeah, because for a long time civil society organizations used to act different from your there. Yes. We seem to have different mandates. And then government thought ULS is another political party. So, yet we are a serious, powerful stakeholder established by law that they should listen to. And you've been very vocal at that. No, <laughs> what I'm saying is, I felt that we can never stand on our feet as the law society and get the respect we deserve unless we are together. Yes. And I felt that the only person that could unite every person is an outsider oh. and i was very much an outsider here you are you're in the election <laughs> against all these so many odds and, and six seven amazing. months it was into... very close i was with very qualified people yes um they had so much that yeah. i didn't yeah. but god is amazing wow and i still believe again i'm here because he picked me. Are you sure? You're being still modest Absolutely. at that. You don't think your vice president he had vice presidency had a doing in this and what my vice presidency might I might have made achievements during that time, but people were using it against me. Saying <laughs> I am the problem. There's no way you can yes, yeah. So uh, what what I want to say is that anything can be used for or against you. Yes. But uh you need to know your why. You need to know your why. I love Simon Sinek. Uh, he writes a book with Start With Why. And he talks about people like Nelson Mandela, Barack Obama, who, and, and he says that the ability to move people to go beyond themselves to serve is for you to convince them why. Like, sell your why, make it there. When I saw those words, there to defend their own. They had bought my wife and they were running with it better than I could. And that kept you going. That keeps me going. <laughs> Interesting. So um 
Finally, I, I think now you're here, you're in office, the election is won, declared president. How did you feel after these seven months? Maybe just Very to wrap it up. Were you, were you this over, you know, joyed about the victory? Uh, did you look back and say, this is it, we made it? The election was very tearing and divisive. Sorry. So I felt that I had a very wounded society to bring back to the table. Um, this election wasn't as easy. Okay, the last two weren't that easy, but... This was unprecedented. <laughs> so I knew that all my four opponents had people that really very uniting statements well it was a statement. <laughs> but and whether it united us or not, I don't know. But, no, but that's been the cry of my heart. Yep. That I will that I will build yeah. a ULS that I can hand over to somebody who will just add to it. Yes. The people that came before us built an enormous organization, yes. a great organization. Yes. But the difference between um, the, the generation that yes. happened around Gimara and Shinobu's time mm. created a divisiveness. Yes. So we needed to see the seniors come back into the fold. We needed to see the academics come back into the fold. We needed to see house castles stop feeling like the outsiders. We need to see government lawyers get in and be proud and participate. And that is what what my time is about. Once we've done that, then it, it will be very easy for the lost society to fight for the new Because we'll have that well, interesting. So with a few months in office, uh, what would you say have been some of your achievements and how do you uh, think you will live uh, I, I by end of your tenure? By now with these few months being mm. in office, what would you look back and say, well, we've we promised people this, yeah. we're halfway there. <laughs> and uh, you know, so the, the, the first thing we promised would be was that we would be faithful to our election observers, we gave our report. We put for the first time we had a task force during elections that did an amazing amount of work. They even found about 100 of those 700 so called appeared people and we were able to represent them. Yes. Um, I feel that the law society has tried to be present. Um, we one of the things that we had never done before is we had never fought for our own. And yet, in these unprecedented times, we saw a lot of our advocates being persecuted yes. for their work. Yes. And we put up a task force for that. And I'm very proud of the lawyers we fought for. I think you saw a fight for Nicholas Opio, yes. yes. Shaban Kutu, many other people. And we even got a great ruling for Shaban Kutu that almost said that lawyers should not be persecuted for their work. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, 
I feel that for the first time lawyers feel you as a going to fight for them first. Because they've been providing pro bono services all these years and never benefited from them. Yes. This year I think they feel that we're there for them as well. The second thing so that was really about you and this being a rule of law. Yes. Both for Ugandan, all Ugandan. Yes. And also for their members. Yes. The second thing was member welfare. Um, we've had many issues of course in the year of COVID it's very difficult to give their members the way we want to. But for the first time we established member offices, member welfare offices um, in all the clinics in twenty district. We also got a member hotline. We even during this COVID, if a member has an urgency and doesn't have a sticker, we've been able to be there for him. Yes. We have medical insurance now that's affordable, two hundred forty thousand and um, and think that even a young lawyer can afford that annually. Um, we've done mentorship. We're doing mentorship series every weekend. Yeah, we've seen those trending on social media. That we're going to be exposed to all the yes. This year we said for the young lawyers, instead of having a two-hour event for them, that we just give them two points, we're going to have two days and pay them attention and give them a world-class um, organizer. Uh, what you call it, event. Yes. And I'm proud to say that I think we achieved that with the Young Lawyers Symposium. Again, on member welfare, we have tried to do EGMs when members need to talk about certain issues, when the members need to voice um, their, their disgruntlement with certain issues, at least we've allowed members to have a voice. We, on member welfare, we also realized when I was running for office, I went to different buildings and found a lot of so it was on my heart to see us do something about accommodation. Yes. So we were able to do this. We went to crane management. No, we didn't actually. They came to us. Crane management services came and offered and said they had a lot of property that had also lost a lot of tenants. And we had a lot of lawyers who probably lost a lot of premises. So they were willing to give us a deal where it's six months free and free of rent yes. and six months free partition sorry and free partitioning which usually is a lot of money and then they said uh, once you do that we'll also give you special rents and i'm very happy to say that uh, we have people who have already taken up this offer and uh, for us to be able to directly feed into our members businesses i thought was a great thing we have another we have some other landlords who've been offered. We are looking into that. Oh. Of course, our members suing us over the MOU <laughs> and make things easier. Yes. But uh, then we also said, how about the business community? The reason that law business has become so scarce is because 90% of the lawyers are in Kampala. Yes. Squeezing ourselves here for this little business. So you've tried to everything do... that's anything is our country. Yes. So we joined up with PSFU to try and see how we can do a partnership so that lawyers can go and educate the traders and the farmers of the country. Uh, we want to create re regional resource centers so that a young lawyer and you can go to the library. And, you know that we have the high court here. Yes. Have, you know, 
So we want to have those in the country as well, so that young lawyers who finish in those LDC places can also stay there yes. and build their, their practices there with the resources they need. Mm. But we also want to build mediation centers so that they can start with mediation, basic mediation, grow, you know, maybe they will grow one day into arbitration centers, you never know. Yes. So that the big trader in Juba does not have to come away to Kampala to resolve the you can deal with a lawyer just so if we do that then these lawyer then young lawyers do not have to squeeze here you can go and open your practice in Kavale. you can go and open your practice in Ajumani you know and still make lots of money yeah That's for me I think that uh, our numbers are still very few we have one one lawyer to 19,000 that means that there's a huge market. Yes. But we've been looking at Kampala. Yes. Because we don't have libraries, we don't have resources, we don't have mediation centers, we don't have. So, as the law society, we said, let's join with PSFU and go out there and do that. Then, for Central Region, we identified Uganda as a key stakeholder, ah. Uganda Kingdom. So, yes. we made the MOU Uganda Kingdom. And I'm proud to say <laughs> that they gave us three furnished offices in free of charge. Yes. In Masaka, Entebbe, and Pichi. And immediately after lockdown, we're launching them. Wow. And the lawyers in those districts, I already have lawyers who volunteer. They want to be there. They want to sit there, manage those resource centers for us. Amazing. So that young people in those areas can come practice there. Right now, how many law firms are in Entebbe? Almost none. Yes. They are all, you know, yeah. they are central Masaka here. Law firms, most Masaka, the people practice in Masaka, you find of a few, you know. PG is the same. So, if we can have resource centers that will help people establish themselves there, the overheads are low, but the business is there. That's, that's amazing. And now it's happening at a time when the court is also diversifying and saying every sub county should have a magistrate court. Do you know how much business that is for lawyers? I'm very excited. Enormous. And I Enormous. hope that these people who want to sue us will just join us. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you will convince them. I've, I've seen that. Uh, but maybe just um, um, just still on a question of leadership and maybe before we, we close up, and uh, I would want to hear your thoughts on that there's been this you know cry that um, as, you know Ghana Law Society is not hearing a fully-fledged established body like um, the, the, the Law Development Center that is supposed to help in churning out future lawyers. And there's an outcry of, you know, what is your say about the Law Council regulating such a body that I know you, you as a president, you have probably a say on one or two things on how things could change so that um, as one who is at the helm of an association that brings together lawyers, we could see how dreams of future you know advocates of the mm. high court are not shattered by i think there are things that bother me i think that the regulation of legal education is not being taken as a priority in this country first of all we have just diversified the LDC, but then how 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 much are we going to train the people that are lecturing because diversifying quickly means that you have to make quick recruitment. And I might be a good lawyer, doesn't make me a good teacher. So what are we doing there in growing the capacity? 
Secondly, we have 12 universities that are raising law students. How do we regulate them? How sure are we? Because I know there are lecturers now who teach in about three universities. What is the quality assurance there? You get it? Yes. Who is managing that? Who is regulating that? Who are these universities accountable to? Um, and who is regulating that? Okay. Now the law council does not have the, the facilitation or the manpower to do all that. That's why I think they should be empowered more. Okay. They need to be empowered more. They need to be um, probably broken into departments, the department that deals with the bioeducation. Yeah, because there is a change of time, there are yeah, a couple exactly. of things, yes. So just the way LDC has grown and the way legal education at the bar has grown, yes. we need the law council to also be grown yes. and, and empowered to manage and regulate all these, all these things that are coming up. Then the issue of, in, in other countries, you have to study an undergrad degree before you can do law. So why in Uganda can any subject do law? You know, how do you teach someone about the rights of man when they've never done history? Okay, that's, 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 that's interesting. So, for the Ministry of Education, just wake up and decide any subject can do law for me, it's a problem. Okay. And we need to also look back again into that. Because that means that everyone who fails any other is an aspiring doctor, an aspiring one. There would be a problem there. Okay. Here. And, and, and this becomes not a professional's choice, but it becomes where everybody will, yeah. you know, okay. from the distinctiveness it deserves. It's, so, it's not, so how do you expect distinctive, um, established, um, well-trained people from such a system? Absolutely. So I think that, and then six years later, you have those people being great challenges. You get it, eh? It's, it's a problem. It's a problem. I think it's a whole, and Uganda Law Society is very concerned about it. I think you've seen me talk about it. Absolutely. We've received uh, a lot of complaints at the first time. But um, I think that this is beyond blaming anyone at LDC or blaming anyone at Makere or wherever. We need to get together. We need to empower the law council and make it a strong regulator. All right, um, just maybe lastly about enrollment because that's also another concern. Uh, other jurisdictions say like Nigeria, people have gone for their barcos quickly after it's done. You know, it, it's a ticket for passing, It's uh, that's it. So what do you make of that? The, at least you know, I'm proud that during this time we've really made that, that the process much easier. Okay. Uh, we came in and found a huge backlog. Okay. I'm glad to say that we've passed over, I think, a thousand students already. Mm -hmm. Uh, we want to do more. Yes. Uh, the LDC, the law council now is trying to embrace technology and see how we can enable this to happen. The, I want to upload the. We've met payment options online. We're even working on our website now. You're going to be able to pay for all the services on the website. So we want to work with the chief registrar to see that the same can happen on the other side. Oh. And we think that these things are going to get. So we hope that there's going to be yeah. uh, more. I, I think that uh, if you talk to people just in a row, taking a match, so I think that that has been that was also very key on, on my agenda getting into this office, and I'm happy that we've had some food there. Oh, okay. We hope that the, the fruits keep coming. 
Um, so lastly, I just wanted to hear your maybe one or two statements as, as we wind up here. before I get into the teaser, the, we ease up a bit. Um, what is that one thing you would tell, I don't know, could be a young lawyer, anybody who's just out there that has been listening to you for this very beautiful journey on what they have to do and they're probably doubting stuff, you know, somewhere is like... Maybe the law is not good for me. Like the way you said, let me now go to Airtel and, and things like that. What is that one thing that you need to, or two things that they, they need to keep holding on to? And maybe I think find your true north, find your identity. For me, it was Christ. Wow. Find your identity, find your true north, and then wherever you are, the compass will guide you. Uh, because, and then embrace change. Embrace different yes. embrace surprising embrace anything that is out of your plans because sometimes that's where you just need to realize so embrace it make the best of it but find your truth keep faithful to your values you don't stand for something you don't for anything um, be available to everybody in your life if you are available you will get opportunities to be if you are available you will Relevant. Then, in this day of populism, I think seek to be impactful, relevant, popular, famous. Seek to have real, tangible results. You know? Then I would say, be teachable, learn, 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 open your mind. Anything that leaves you thinking, you know, avoid it. <laughs> I think that's why I left PR because. Oh. <laughs> you know. It's bad for your ego. <laughs> you you're all that. Yeah, you're the attention. Yeah. Wow. It can be like a drag. <laughs> so if you ever feel like you're getting to a place where you just know it all, you're being wo- you're being worshipped. Because you're not learning. Absolutely. You're not learning. I think in life, you're not learning. You're dying. True. Because our brains thrive on learning. It's like they're like different rooms in a huge building. Yes. The more you learn, the more the lights turn. When you stop learning, lights start going off. You know? So, and, and, and even Einstein did use 10% of his brain power. So let's do that. Let's keep learning. All right, so Madam President, we will have few, few, you know, is up questions. We've asked you these tough questions about your mandate, about your promises, about even things you want to. So, what what makes you happy? makes me happy. Mm-hmm. What's that one thing? <laughs> my baby. My children. <laughs> that's nice. That's, that's yeah, so you. Spending time with them, it really does it in me. It's like taking weeds. Okay, I don't know how, what it feels like taking weeds. <laughs> but, um... I was about to ask if you have fun. Yeah. Being with my children is the most um, satisfying thing because they're, they're little critters. They're, okay. very, they're very different. But they have, they have, it's, it's, I, I don't know how to describe it biologically, chemically, it's just good for me. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's nice. So what annoys you? What's that one thing? That just anywhere. Anywhere. Any, <laughs> when I think, I, I, I get really angry when I think there's someone being unfair. That, that, that thing, I don't know how to describe it. It just takes you off. It takes me off. <laughs> Some, if, if someone is being unfair to another, if someone is being unfair to us, 
know, as yeah. Ugandan, as Ugandan, yeah. Yeah. patriot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all those things. You know, I've had uh, anger for all those things. Wow. There's times I'd even get home and I just cry. I was about to ask that question. Do you cry? Because only you should you don't when I'm angry. Uh, <laughs> or when I'm extremely happy. <laughs> That's a nice way. Yeah, That's when a I'm day. angry I cry. Okay. But I usually cry when I'm venting my frustrations in a safe place. Either to God or to my man. He has to take all in. Um, maybe the other question we wanted to know about what's that one thing you do when you are not tied up with, you know, being a president and phone calls. <laughs> this one, when do you dance? Do you? I love you... to dance. Ah, interesting. Okay, so it's uh, with my children every, everywhere. Yeah. I can dance anywhere. <laughs> um, I love to. I really love watching movies. Really. Ah, wow. I love to. What's your favorite movie if we. Or, or... Movie? Wow. I told you I watch everything. Are you... <laughs> I don't know. Is um, nothing that has stood out? There's been movies that have stood out. Are you like, like, this one is one of my favorites. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but at different stages. Oh, oh, I get it. I get it. I used to love Boston Legal. I think it was amazing. <laughs> Uh, then I have loved classic. Mm-hmm. There's a Korean history movie called Jumong. It has all the life stories. Wow. It has the art of war. It has it 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 it's schooled me. <laughs> it's 80 episodes, you know. But it, it's amazing. Uh, then it's the story of the woman of Korea. Um, of course, I loved Sarafina. Uh, it's a classic. I love the sound of music. I found myself in Maria. Because <laughs> <laughs> I did want to be a nun at some point. Um, yeah, I would say that for me, those, those have been epic movies for me. Wow. Ah, that's that's nice. So the last question. We know that you love reading. Yes, What's that I love one? <laughs> What's that one book that um, you know you read and you felt maybe I shouldn't have been like a character? You know, you start you know like envisioning like they should have been this person or you know, and and you like you know the theme, hmm. the story, and and you felt when as a child, Anne of Green Gables was because it was a child who didn't fit in. That resonated with me, but uh, I loved. I was entranced by Sherlock Holmes. I read all his books. <laughs> I wanted to be Sherlock Holmes. I wanted to well, be that indifferent to life. Yes. I wanted to be that. Uh, I want to care. I wanted to care that little <laughs> at some point. But um, one of the books that has really uh, impressed me. With a lot of life lessons. I know it's going to sound very strange. It's Lord of the Rings. Really? Because I think Lord of the Rings is, um, is an allegory. Yeah. One, I would think. Say, one would say so. Yeah, one when, would say so. When you look at the temptation, yes. when you look at the power, the, that, that power. the ring in the, in the ring. Yeah, because you see, that the thing that made Frodo Baggins very important was the fact that the, he was a ring bearer. And yet, you know. But the thing that could destroy him 
was to give into the power of the ring. Of the ring. So if Fiona had been made a leader, she becomes a good leader. That's a good thing. But her leadership could actually lead her to fall very, very badly. <laughs> so for me, it's, it's such a deep, deep uh, lesson. Uh, then two, two more books. Can I? Oh say yeah, that? yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> so, so the other books profound for me matrix <laughs> wow yeah because the the matrix is also for me an allegory an allegory that has um that shows that we live in different dimensions as a, as a you have body mind soul yeah and you live in and oh, spirit and so spirit those are, four, those dimensions. are four dimensions that and you have to live in all these and you have to war in all these we are at war in all these four dimensions so a lot of us exist only in a physical world and it's such an empty life when all you see is it's just physical. You need to So I'm I'm taking deliberate time to be with my soul, to be with my spirit, to be with my That's very and, and the matrix is very powerful because it opens up all those dimensions. It, it reminds you that they're there. And then the oracle and then The way, he, the way she tells you to do something and then you decide what to do it, but you end up doing it anyway. Somehow. It's, it's like a relationship with God. So for me, I feel that... Um, and then we have our teachers, our mentors, you know? Our Morpheus, you know? <laughs> Who have shaped us. Exactly. And at some point, you have to be different from, from them. Yeah. You have to be courageous enough to see your mentors, see them for the human they are, allow that they can make mistakes. Yes and then know when to be far from their path. Because, yes, he's your mentor, but your path is not his path. Yes. It's about you learning from him and then using what you've learned to walk your path. So for me, I feel that the matrix is a huge society Amazing. Yeah. And then the last one, as you had said, too. So maybe that will be the, the last. The last one is a very strange I don't know whether people will like it. <laughs> they probably will. Um, it's called Heinz Feet in My Places by Hannah Now, it's about, it's a very strange allegory about uh, a little girl called Much Afraid who was crippled. And Quite fascinating how you recall the titles. <laughs> the, and she lives in a valley. And the story plot. Fearing, their tribe are fearing. And I think all of us, a lot of us grow up in fear, yeah. especially in African tradition where you're told, no, 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 day one, you know? So, all these fearings, it teaches you that sometimes you just, it's just about perspective. Yes. You know? So, it's, the story is about how she comes from, it's called trying to speak in high places. Oh. So, the shepherd is like God and, and the shepherd promises that he'll take her from the valley of hearings to the high places and that her crippled body will turn into hands feet like she'll be that feet yes so this story is about how she keeps sabotaging herself with her own fear wow how she surrounds herself with her own people so how you get it eh? yes and then she learns the courage to step out probably step out yeah she learns the courage to rest the loneliness it takes to to actually experience true growth to face courage. to face the fear yes. yes and then but even as she's doing those things she doesn't realize she's changing she 
didn't realize that she's walking better. She didn't realize that crippleness and everything is falling off. So for me, I feel like that's the story of my life. I was one of the most prepared children in the I still have stage fright. <laughs> but I do it afraid. <laughs> really? I, I would so think for all... Wow, I would feel like for all this, you know, amazing things you've done and excellent journey you've you That's you've why walked. I love when you say that because <laughs> I've told you that when you're walking it, it's not looking excellent. Yeah. It looks messy. It yeah. looks but one way or the other, you know, you're building blocks. I, I have every, I've, at every turn, I've had to turn away. Yes. Where you going, PR? Social work. So I, I you feel, feel like, like you're walking away from the, the walked path. Yes, the, the, the defined path. Exactly. Yes. That can be lonely. Yeah. That can also um, require courage. And if you fail there, the failures there are less forgiven. Been there, been there. So the rejection there is a lot more because you—it's like you broke the rules by going where you <laughs> by deviating. And I've done a lot of deviating. Oh, being president of the Lost Party when I'm in house council is deviating. It's a Ab- huge deviation. Absolutely. And I'm made to pay for it. <laughs> the other day, someone was like, "Oh, you know, it's, she's signing MOUs because she's bringing her civil servant corruption to ULS." Oh, because they want like, you know protect their that book for me um, made it okay to work with a shepherd and sometimes we okay to be alone. Uh, during her journey, she was given two, two people to work with. One of them is Soro, and I think the other is Safari, terrible. But <laughs> <laughs> they all have their moments of supporting her. Yeah. So sometimes the things that are thrown at us are like terrible, terrible because while I was going to Candlelight Foundation to be a social worker, my friends were going to the DPP, the Attorney yeah, General. You know, Attorney General. You know, so you're thinking. Established law firms. Yes. yes. And I did try. I did try for those jobs. You know, I did I did apply to the Attorney General's office and I almost got that job until some official tried to play the whole you know, politics. So you you that book for me was very powerful. It gave me hope that I could overcome fear. And it gave me hope that if you have the courage to overcome fear, then you will help others. Amazing. Amazing. So thank you so much. Uh, sorry, I no, we wanted to hear what probably, like we said here on on this podcast, we we really share the untold stories. Yeah. So maybe some of the people have not even had a chance to hear these stories. So thank you for being kind enough and uh, vulnerable at that to share some of these very defining uh, stories, some that have shaped you, where you feel like you know they've they've been very defining on what exactly you wanted to take on, how you've confronted your fear. But also coming back to a path where you actually think this is where I should be, yeah. and I, I think that's 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 very formidable of you, and uh, it's it's one thing to run but not to come back. So for you, to, you were very bold to to have run and then say maybe. It takes humility, yeah. but you can't be unless you know yourself. You need to. We we lie to ourselves.
But the first mistake you make when you like yourself is to listen to the lies from your friends. So identify the lies in your life. Because if you are true to yourself, you will know when to stay sorry. You will know when to back down. You will know when to stay standing. I think those, those are very wise words to say we've been extraordinarily very humbled that you've taken time off to share with us and I believe that one way or the other this is, this is going to inspire it's going to make people think yeah make people think about their decisions career wise with these whole things that you've shared so thank you so much Madam President we are very grateful that you've taken off time and to even be our inaugural speaker for <laughs> our you. session yeah. I've been honest yeah. thank you very much yes